Welcome back to The Top Shelf, hosted by yours truly, Spencer. And Kendra. So let's crack open a can, take a sip, and let's get into it. Today we're talking to Billy Pettix. He is the Division Vice President for the Southeast District at Campari. They are a beverage group um, in the spirit industry. Yeah, we have a really cool conversation coming up. We talk about um, alcohol trends, working in the industry, what it's like, how he's gotten to the place he is now. So yeah, let's let's get into it. All right, here we have Billy Pettix with us. He is the Division Vice President of the Southeast at Campari Group. Hi, Billy. How are you? Hi, Kendra. I'm great. How are you? Good. Can you just tell, start off by telling us a little bit about yourself? Sure. Um, currently, I am, as you mentioned, Division Vice President for the Southeast for Campari. Uh, we are aligned with our distributor, Southern Wine and Spirits. So the Southeast represents uh, Florida, which is our largest market. South Carolina, Kentucky, and Ohio Low Fruit. Uh, I've been in this role for about six months. I've been with Campari a total of 10 years on and off. Uh, previous role was doing a uh, field marketing job for the East, which included everything from New York to Florida. Prior to that, I was state manager for New Jersey with Campari. Uh, prior to that, I had an entrepreneurial role with a startup company, which I managed the entire Northeast from New York to DC. Uh, prior to that, I worked for a company called Russian Standard, uh, where I managed everything from Massachusetts down to DC, including control states like Pennsylvania and open markets like New Jersey and New York. And prior to that, I worked for Campari for a few years. And then Dating all the way back to my origins in the business, I work for Fedway Associates, distributor here in New Jersey, uh, where I got started in the on-premise, worked my way through a sales run until I uh, uh, took a job with the supplier, uh, which was originally Sky Spirits, that turned into Campari. So experienced. I feel like you've had like almost every role within the industry from distributor to working for the brand? Yeah, I, I would have to agree. Uh, I, it's kind of a point of pride for me. Uh, most of the folks that are on my team now, uh, you know, range from an on-premise person to an on and off-premise person to a state manager. Um, I've done all those roles in, in different markets. Um, you know, starting from the bottom and working your way up and Seeing all the different aspects of our, our business is a, definitely a point of pride. It makes it a lot easier to manage folks uh, when you you yourself have managed those positions or lived through that. So you've had a lot of experience um, coming up through the industry. Can you tell us a little bit about your position currently at Campari as the division vice president? Like, What does a day-to-day -day look like for you? Oh, sure. Day-to-day uh, -day is, is not as um, exciting as uh, being in, in field sales. Uh, there's a lot of uh, face time with my computer, uh, a lot of analysis and, and looking at trends, uh, following the numbers, uh, making sure that we are on goal uh, and on pace to hit our goals or quarterly goals, 
half your goals and annual goals uh, with Southern Wine and Spirits, which is our national partner. Um, we have national programs, uh, upwards of 10 different programs throughout the year with multiple KPIs from pods, the distribution, the volume, the menus, uh, and also including displays in the off-premise. So we track those programs, uh, making sure that we're uh, in line to achieve our goals. The programs are designed to help achieve our full-year goal, which is a combination of both volume and value. Uh, and inventory. Inventory has become uh, a dirty word in our business, if you will, in the last few years. Uh, tracking inventory is very, very important. So it's, a, it's every day. It's both with my state managers, our trade development managers in each state, the purchasing agents, um, and we're looking at trends to make sure that we have enough inventory to keep up with the trends, enough inventory to keep up with our goals. And we're also fighting a little thing called uh, AI. Um, there are lots of programs that uh, purchasing agents use mm -hmm. to follow trends, uh, and they do a good job, the, both the purchasing agent and the AI. Uh, however, you know, pricing patterns, price pulses, increases, and trends don't always align with that. And the folks that are distributor follow those um, programs sometimes very closely. Um, we have to kind of show them and work together uh, and look at the business to make sure that we're ahead of the trends, we're ahead of the price increases, that we have enough inventory to make our programs and not just follow what the computer says, if you will. Mm -hmm. Going back to when you were in college, did you see yourself getting into the alcohol industry after you graduated or how did you get that first job? Uh, that's a that's a hard no. Um, I I I uh, I went to college to be a history teacher and to be in education. Oh wow! Um, from from the, as early as uh, sixteen, um, I worked with as a camp counselor. I coached multiple teams. I worked um, summer camps. Uh, I wanted to be a teacher. That was that was a uh, something that I, I really enjoyed. However, I also worked at my uncle's restaurant. Um, went as early as 12 years old. Uh, don't, don't get him in trouble. 12 <laughs> years old, a little young to be working, but uh, family business um, as early as 12 years old. I spent my Fridays and Saturday nights in the summer, my in sixth, seventh and eighth grade, um, washing dishes with my cousin, who was my age, mm -hmm. um, doing prep work in, a, in, in the back. Um, and we worked our way up to, you know, bus boys and waiters and so on. Um, and so I kind of had that background a little bit. And when I finished college, uh, they bought a liquor license and they asked me to come aboard. And that's kind of how I stumbled into the liquor business. Um, so I think my teaching background kind of helped a little bit when talking about different brands and, and education. But um, no, I did not see myself in the liquor business. I was completely unaware to be honest with you, what mm -hmm. the liquor business looked like when I was in college. Yeah. It's really interesting. So you took a leap. Um, you, you went back with them after they got their, their license. Um, and then you went to Fedway. Uh, what was the jump like? Like what got you into um, being a sales rep for Fedway? 
so hard work was was never um, was, I was never afraid of hard work, right? So hard work was opportunity for me. So like I said, washing dishes in middle school was opportunity for me. Uh, it was less about the money. It was more about the experience. Um, they gave us a nice cheeseburger along the way as well. <laughs> but uh, when I did come back after college and we, um, we started a beverage program and opened up an entirely new restaurant with a liquor license and built everything from the ground up, it gave me the opportunity to work with people from Fedway uh, and from other distributors as well. As we, you know, built a wine list and we built the beverage program, we built a cocktail list and I started to really enjoy it. And so after about 18 months or so, almost two years of being there and working with a few folks, I became close with some folks at the distributor, started to see it, the business in a different light. And they approached me and said, you would be really great um, on the sales side. You know, you have a great background with the um, restaurant business. And I think you could apply this to, you know, other accounts while selling wine and spirits. And I said, sure, why not? Uh, do you guys work weekends? I think was the first question I asked. <laughs> and they said, yeah, they said yes, but not to the same hours that you would in an on-premise account right. in a restaurant or bar. And so um, I, I interviewed and everything went very well. And uh, that's how I jumped from uh, being a general manager at a restaurant over to an on-premise role at the distributor. Interesting. So maybe you can give um, some advice to someone who would be trying to get into the industry, wink, wink. <laughs> <laughs> sure. Um, so... I mean, looking back, it's nearly 20 years since I first started at Fedway, which is, which is crazy. Um, I will say that the time has gone very quickly. And although it's been challenging at times, it's never really seemed like work. Yeah. It's always seemed like an experience for me personally. Mm -hmm. um, it's a relationship business. Some of the relationships that I've made throughout the years, um, both distributor level, supplier level, customer level, both on and off premise, have become my personal friends, family friends. You know, we, we, we know each, we know each other uh, very well. We know our kids' birthdays. We know, you know, who's okay. have, has a sweet 16 and who's going to college and who's starting to drive. And it, it really is a relationship business. Uh, it's been great for me. My advice to someone who is in college thinking about the liquor business is get a job in the liquor business. What does that mean? Yeah. It means work at a restaurant. That means work at a liquor store. Yeah. Do both. Um, you know, if you're, you have a part-time job, it could be something as simple as, as being a hostess. It could be something as simple as washing dishes. It could be a bar back. It could be someone who's stocking the shelves of a liquor store. It could be someone who's, you know, now it's a different world. You're, you're delivering. You could be a delivery person for, for Drizzly. Get to learn the products. Mm -hmm. Get to learn the ins and outs of both the on and off premise. Learn the people that have invested their their livelihood. Their livelihood is those businesses. They've invested their, their time and money in a mom and pop restaurant or even you know a big box store that's a chain. 
uh, you get to know the products, you get to know uh, the ins and outs and what's what's going on. So that way, if you do become uh, a supplier or a distributor, you can actually relate. You, you shared some some time in the trenches, if you will. And then in addition to that, I would say make sure you're focusing on finance. Um, finance has become a huge part of our business, like all businesses. We're here to make money. And relationships are important, as I mentioned. Knowing the ins and outs of a restaurant or liquor store are very important. But it's more than that. We're here to make money. No one's here just to smile and make your customers happy. So if you can have a balance of the inner workings of a liquor store or a bar and restaurant, as well as finance and how to make money uh, and how to make sure that your efforts are driven or driving a return on investment, you'll be unstoppable. So you guys have a bunch of brands under your portfolio um, at Campari. Is there a, is this everything you guys just own yourselves or have you guys taken people under your wing um, to be part of your distribution process? And if you have, what was the process to pull these other brands in and pull these other people in? Sure. Um, so Campari is a, is a very old company. We've, we've been in the business a long time. Campari, the brand itself is upwards of 165 years old. Um, and it's probably, uh, probably close one way or another I'll get in trouble sorry guys um, but it, it is an older company um, they have acquired many brands throughout their history so when I started as a supplier we were Sky Spirits Sky Vodka being our flagship brand and we had a lot of brands in our portfolio that were agency brands which meant we represented them in the US uh, almost through distribution and throughout the years contracts would be up and we would lose such brands. And so when Campari took over, they made sure that we focused on brands that we owned. So we walked, not walked away, but we steered ourselves in a different direction from agency brands and said, if we're going to work on building brands, we're going to build the brands that we own. And that way we won't have to worry about anyone that when a contract is up to take their brands and go elsewhere. Um, so with that, um, we used to have a tequila that we did not own that we built. We bought we bought and created our own tequila, um, the vodka we owned, and and so forth. And we took that model and we focused on brands that we owned, and they also focused on trends. Campari has a unique portfolio that focuses on lifestyle brands. So Campari specifically, Aperol, which is over a hundred and two years old, um, they're lifestyle brands. These are these are brands that have longevity, that are part of a culture, that it's not just a fly-by-night trend. It's something that they want to focus on and make staples. They focus on that. And then I would say, you know, not to speak for the company, they, they like to make sure that they're a player. So over the last few years, bourbon has become a huge player. Tequila has become a huge player. And so they made sure, um, I guess, as far back as maybe 15 years ago or so, that they owned agave fields and they owned a tequila distillery and that they owned a bourbon company and they owned liquid that they could lay down for years to come as they saw the trends start to move towards bourbon and tequila. Huh. 
Very interesting. Thank you. That was that was a beautiful answer. That's exactly what I was looking for. I just wanted to hear a little bit about your portfolio and and how you guys have like cultivated it over the years. So thank you for that. So Billy, as you know, I had an internship with Fedway this past summer, and I felt like I got a little bit of a a taste, if you will, um, of the different experiences the alcohol industry brings you and how it is so relationship-based and whether that is going to luncheons or different events and everything is, in my opinion, just like a unique relationship-building experience. So could you tell us about one unique experience that either you've traveled to, just something that you may have not had the opportunity to do if you weren't within this industry? Sure. Um, I will tell you, Kendra, that that is such an open-ended question. Uh, it's, it's, I've been very blessed and it's challenging for me to even try to pinpoint, you know, where to begin here. So, mm -hmm. so bear with me. Um, uh, I'll give you, I'll give you my first experience. So I started in November um, with the distributor many years ago. And my role was in an on-premise role focusing on developing national accounts. As you guys know, national accounts now are a huge part of our business, the mm -hmm. on-premise and off-premise. And about 60 days into the job, my, uh, my boss said, there's a trip to France. And you, do, you know a lot about spirits, but you need some wine experience. Uh, why don't you and your counterpart go on this trip and you'll go to Bordeaux for a full week and you learn about wine. Wow. Great group, seasoned salespeople, great supplier, uh, partner with the distributor. So after that, we spent seven days in France, in Bordeaux, chateau every morning and afternoon, and a third chateau every evening, followed by uh, wine tastings and a lot of fragois, <laughs> if you will was absolutely amazing. It was my first trip in the business. I'll never forget it. Mm -hmm. uh, it was educational. I immersed myself in both the wine culture as well as the French culture, as well as the um, distributor culture and the ways of working with a supplier. And for me, you know, being a young man in my 20s, being in France, being in Bordeaux, a night in Paris to really just be welcomed with open arms by these salespeople, by the distributor, to have this experience that it was almost unexplainable to my friends at the time what I was doing. You're, you're at a chateau? What do you mean you're at a chateau? You're doing a tasting? What does that mean? You're with the winemaker? What does that mean? Mm -hmm. They're opening up a bottle that has been sitting there for 20 years that they would never share with anyone. What does that mean? That experience really boosted me, if you will. It really got me going. It inspired me to say to myself, what's next? This is awesome. Mm -hmm. I want to learn more. Um, and that, that would probably be the most unique experience, I would have to say, that more or less was the catalyst for my career. That's so cool, especially so early on in 
like mm-hmm. in your career to have that experience. That's like a blessing to be able to have, like to see part of your path, you know, open up in front of you. Because a lot of us in college right now, half of us don't know what we're doing, where we're going, who we're going to see, who we're going to meet, um, which I'm sure you didn't know either when you stepped out, uh, especially going on this trip. Um But I wanted to ask, so you talked about the beginning of your career and how you got excited and how this trip to Italy was, was, was super cool. Um, what do you see yourself doing in the alcohol industry for the rest of your career? Uh, working. (laughs) (laughs) Um, so, um, it's funny. I'll, I'll go backwards a little bit. Um, when I was at Fedway at the distributor, Many years ago, uh, our sales meetings on Fridays took place inside our, our building, which was, was quite small. And there was some seasoned and, and older reps, uh, rep, uh, sales reps at the meeting. Mm-hmm. And these folks just appeared to have so much knowledge and refused or had no intentions, if you will, on retiring. It was something that they could do long into their careers, regardless of how old they were. They enjoyed the relationships. They enjoyed traveling, They, you know, within their state and their territories. And I saw that and I said, this is great. These, these gentlemen and ladies are, are seniors. They could have retired a long time ago, but they enjoy the relationships. And that's what everyone values. So that inspired me uh, early on to just know that no matter what happens, I can do this job long into my uh, my later years if I so chose um, and again as I mentioned it didn't feel like work it was just fun um, I always wanted to be a supplier um, maybe because back then the suppliers came into the, the sales meetings on Fridays and they were the best dressed they were the most handsome and most beautiful uh, folks that came in uh, they were buttoned up as, as a you would hear in industry industry term. Uh, they had all the answers. They were always smiling. Everyone approached them almost like many celebrities before celebrities got into our liquor business. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I, I, and I said, I want to be a supplier. Like that's for me. Um, I will say that I, I love being a supplier. Uh, I also say that the grass is not any greener on the other side, but I, I do enjoy being a supplier. Um, for my future, um, one of the things, uh, that I learned throughout my career was that I'm a very good leader. And, and one of the things that I enjoy doing is developing people, developing my team. Um, so, so whether it's someone that works directly for me, someone that's just part of the company, uh, whether, even if it's someone at the distributor, uh, a lot of folks have come to me and I can kind of sort of see their path or help them with their path and, and help them get there. So I love developing people. Uh, I love being a leader. Uh, I learn much more from my team than I think they could ever learn from me. We won't tell them that, uh, but it, it, it is very true. Um, so, so I love the, the, the idea of a team, you know, it's almost like being an athlete, being part of a team. Um, so for me, for my career, uh, I don't see myself retiring. There's, there's a retirement plan, of course, right? There's 401ks and, and investments, but uh, I don't see myself retiring. I see myself doing this 
as long as I possibly can on the supplier side. Uh, maybe uh, potentially moving to a distributor later, maybe doing something in more of an entrepreneurial state later on. Uh, but it would be, I would be hard pressed to leave the, the liquor industry, wine and spirits industry um, at any time. I think they'd have to force me out <laughs> again. It's, it's, it's about people. It's about relationships. It's about experiences. Um, and, and again, the most important thing to me is, is building, uh, uh, a rapport with my team, whether they work directly for me or not. Uh, when I say team, it's, it's a friend in the business across the board and helping people you know, achieve their goals. That is, that is awesome. Like it's so, it's so refreshing to hear a passionate answer. Like you, you love the industry. You love the hustle. You love the people. You love the memories. Like I aspire to be like you. Like that is very, that is very awesome. Um, and with your, you love the industry so much. I want to know what is your favorite drink? <laughs> Oh, I am a company man, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> I, I will not. I will not lie to you. Um, uh, to, to be true to myself, I am a marketing person's dream. And what does that mean? That means, you know, when it's warmer out, you drink more Sauvignon Blancs, and when it's cooler out, you drink more Cabernets. And if you're by the campfire and it's it, the temperature is dropping, you like to have a bourbon, uh, a Scotch, or some sort of a whiskey, and in the summertime, if you're hanging out by the pool, you want a, a refreshing um, vodka cocktail or tequila cocktail. Uh, so, so I am a company man and a marketer's dream. However, <laughs> all those things said, uh, to be true to myself, if I had to choose a cocktail, I am a huge fan of the Boulevardier, um, which is a, is a Negroni, but with bourbon. So it's Campari, bourbon, and sweet vermouth, and it's all equal parts. It's the easiest cocktail to make. Um, and I find myself making them at home uh, when we have friends and family over, and people are extremely surprised at how delicious they are mm -hmm. and happy that I made them that cocktail. That sounds good. We'll have to try it. Yeah. Okay, so our final question for you before we let you go is what do you see for the future of the industry? Are there any trends or maybe like you spoke a little bit about AI and technology, celebrity? What do you see for the future? So I'll tell you what I see and then i tell you what, I'll, what I hope for. Yeah. Um, they're, def they're definitely not the same. Consolidation is clear. It's across the board on all businesses. Um, so con what does that mean? It, it means consolidation on both a supplier standpoint and a distributor standpoint. Um, startups are, are, are fast and furious and larger companies are looking to absorb startups because they're so big that they don't have the time to actually build a brand from scratch. So you'll see more consolidation across the board. Right now, there's probably 10 global players. Um, really, it's probably six. Uh, and of those six, more than two-thirds is done by two companies. Mm -hmm. so I see more consolidation from a global perspective as well as here in the United States. Um, another huge trend, which you guys could be able to speak to more than me, uh, is e-commerce. What does e-commerce mean? E-commerce is everything from the distributor advertising online so that their customers can purchase. It's 
uh, wine and spirits companies focusing all their marketing um, to a digital platform so that they can be speaking to their customers before they even walk into a store. Uh, and in a lot of cases, they don't even walk into stores anymore. Yeah. Uh, it, it's great. It's great to just have everything at the touch of a button where you can order it on uh, an app like Drizzly mm-hmm. or Instacart. Um, so that's a huge part of it. And there's a huge marketing uh, opportunity there. It, it's not just brick and mortar anymore. Um, stores are becoming what they call clean stores. So there's less point of sale. Uh, there's less shelf talkers. You know, they're, they're right. doing their own advertising. Um, so with that and with the consolidation and with the opportunity to do everything online, you're going to see more and more stores, in my opinion, have private labels, uh, private wine labels, mm-hmm. private spirit labels that they can make a larger margin on um, and they can push their own brands. <laughs> the other thing I see for our business, um, good or bad, is cannabis. Um, cannabis is still the, the huge unknown. Um, it's a few years now since major suppliers have invested large amounts of money in the business. There's distributors that have fields to grow. They are distributors and suppliers that have um, purchased the rights for licensing and so on and so forth. I think that'll be a big change. I think there's between education and opportunity and different and different um, choices and options. Cannabis will will affect our, our business one yeah. way, shape or form, whether whether it's less alcohol being consumed, whether it's more um, drinks that are made with cannabis. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it will be a game changer. Um, my hope is that the government will get involved and they'll mess everything up <laughs> and <laughs> people will continue to enjoy their wine and spirits. Um, but the, the one thing that, that I will say uh, whether it's in this industry or anything. Um, it's about people. Yeah. AI is important. It's a program. It's a guide. It's it's not all-encompassing. It's not absolute. And at the end of the day, the person signing a check, the person who is making the purchase for 30 days or 60 days or choosing which brand that they're going to feature or choosing their, their drink list and their wine menu is a person. Right. And for me, that will never, ever change in my lifetime. I don't know long, longer term, <laughs> but in my lifetime, that will, that will never change. Someone's always going to be there to, to push the button, if you will, at this time. Mm-hmm. So I encourage everyone to, to build those relationships um, for yourself and, and, and for that person that you're, you're getting to know as well. Thank you so much. Those were some amazing answers and, and, and fantastic conversation. Um, we loved getting the chance to sit down and talk with you um, this morning, talk about the industry, your experiences, where you see it going. Um, so we just want to say thank you for coming on the podcast today. Kendra, yes. do you have any closing comments? No, thank you so, so much. We really appreciate it. That was such a great episode with Billy today. I loved the passion he had for all of his projects and the people he works with. Um, the things he does in the industry, talking about his experiences, his travel, the friends he's made, talking about how he knows his friends' kids' birthdays I and know. things like that. That That is such an intimate connection. No, this was a really 
great conversation. Um, we had a lot of fun, I feel like, talking to him. He was, like Spencer was saying, so passionate. And the way he talks about the experiences, it's like, um, why wouldn't you want to work in the alcohol industry? You never want to retire. I mean, it sounds like always fun. He should have like, recruited us. I know. Um, we also learned so much um, great advice from him, I feel like, especially just as like young people, college students, trying to enter the workforce, not knowing what the heck we want to do with our lives. So, oh, oh Spencer, mm. I almost forgot to ask you. What did you forget to ask me? What are you drinking this weekend? Oh, my. I think I'm going to have some. I really liked the Nutty Blonde from Paddled South. It was a couple episodes ago, but I just got around to drinking it. It's a beautiful blend of, like, peanut butter and it's an IPA, right? Aren't they IPAs that he brought us? I, I uh, Maybe. I, th- I, think I don't know like, what it is, I but know. it's peanut butter and something, and it is incredible. Homemade beer. It, it tastes great, <laughs> yeah. So I might be having some Paddled South this weekend, maybe a Nutty Blonde or the Red, White, and Blue. What about you? Um, It's really nice out um, and really hot, and I feel like some cold rosé is so nice when it's like really hot out on like a patio or something go to the pool, or yeah. even oh my gosh actually what I'm gonna make this weekend is if you check out our Instagram we recently posted a blueberry lemonade vodka cocktail in honor of like the first day of spring being that week sprung, and yeah. yeah in honor of spring being sprung I think I'm gonna make that that is fantastic <laughs> sounds like a delectable drink Kendra Well, that's all we have for you today. So come back next time and have another drink with us from the top shelf.